It's time for Heard It Here with Swanee on 740 The Fan. Presented by Twin Peaks, your local sports lodge. Come in for free made-from-scratch food, signature 29-degree draft beers, and all the scenic views. I'm just going to pause while you start drooling. And brought to you by Peterman Seeds of Holly and Smith Motors of Wapiton. Now your host of the show, Josh Swanson. As the winter weather and a blizzard raged across the North Country, somehow, some way, North Dakota State found a way to come out on top against Incarnate Word for a 35 to 32 victory in the National FCS semifinals to punch their ticket to Frisco for the tenth time in 12, 12 years last. Night. What an epic, memorable football game that was with the Bison trailing early. It was not looking good for the good guys as Incarnate Word jumped out big on the herd 16 to 0. After that safety, NDSU kind of flubbed a kickoff, got the ball inside their own two yard line. Very next play, they can't get out of the end zone. It's a safety. It's 16 to 0 with still half of the first quarter left to go. And the Bison just buckled down and they kept on fighting and they kept on a grinding before 12,569 hardy diehard fans in the Fargo Dome. And that crowd, I was there last night. My brother Swan, Justin Swanson. From the NDSU Foundation, fellow die hard of the herd. He'll join us here in a few minutes. We sat together with some of the same folks. We've sat together for decades now at the Fargo Dome. That crowd was into it. They took on the persona of the team and vice versa. I cannot recall a game in recent memory like that where the crowd seemed to feed off the energy of the team and the team seemingly fed off the energy of the crowd. It's something that Coach Entz and all the players at last night's postgame press conference talked about. And you just you felt it. The crowd took it personally. And we were sitting by a couple Incarnate Word fans. I have no idea how they got up to Fargo with the weather that we've had this week. But there we were sitting by some Cardinal fans, and they were having a great time early in that football game. Especially as NDSU's offense just struggled. The Bison, a week, a week after Incarnate Word gave up 63 points to Sacramento State, where Sacramento State ran 109 plays and gained 738 yards. NDSU's first first down did not come until a pass, excuse me, a roughing. It wasn't a pass interference. There was a pass interference that drive that was missed by the officials. The D-back for Incarnate Word was grabbing and pulling down on Zach Mathis's jersey. They missed that, but a couple plays previously, Kobe Johnson got uh, roughed by a Cardinal defensive player, gave the Bison a first down. They couldn't do anything with it. Now, when you talk about style points, and that's the thing, Bison Nation, I love you guys. I'm in a bunch of Bison text groups, and after the game, 
I'm thrilled for this team. They, I told you last week on Heard It Here, brought to you by Twin Peaks, your local sports lodge, coming for made-from-scratch food, signature 29 draft beers, and all the scenic views and Peterman Seeds of Holly, Smith Motors of Wapiton. I told you this team had a chip on its shoulder, and in fact, Coach Ant said the team was pissed. His words, not mine, with that start, and they fed into it. But this team just has this edge to it. All year long, they've been counted out for dead. In fact, and I know uh, Mike McFeely, everyone in the building, Incarnate Word looked like they had just gone up 22-0. to zero. Excuse me, 22-3. to three. It was the third down and goal from inside NDSU's five-yard line. Lindsey Scott, their all-world quarterback, found Grimes, one of their receivers, streaking across the back of the end zone. The play was reviewed, and I told the folks sitting next to us, I'm like, I don't know if he caught it. And they're like, Swanee, you're an idiot. You're an idiot. He got both feet in. I said, no, I think I think before he went out of bounds, he didn't have control of the ball. He was bobbling it. I had my white hat on officiating, and I was right. He bobbled it the next play. They fumbled the snap. The Bison take over on downs. And Mike McFeely in a tweet that will live in infamy because Bison fans love to pick on Mike and vice versa. It's this love-hate relationship. After that score, but before that was taken off the board because of the replay, he tweeted, and to his credit, at least as of last night at about midnight, it wasn't deleted. He tweeted, this one is over in Fargo. Boy, oh boy. Was he wrong? And now there's that proof on the internet, and I'm not the only one who has screenshot that. So even if you do delete it, Mike, that'll be fodder for Bison fans forever. And his point's well taken, though. It wasn't looking good. It looked like it was going to be 23-3. to But there was that fumble, and that's why style points don't matter. There was nothing, nothing sexy about that performance. But sexy doesn't win. Ask Incarnate Word how they are feeling this morning. Ask their fans. They're not going to Frisco, Bison Nation. We're going back to Frisco. You can take a look at all the baffling statistics from last night, and you might say, and you might hear, well, if you look on that stat sheet, you would have think the Bison lost the game because they were outgained 539 yards to 333 Incarnate Word ran a bajillion plays, and they ran 94 plays, rather, 94 plays. NDSU only ran 60 plays. The Bison defense, they were gassed, but they kept fighting, and they found a way. You saw a lot of guys going down. The Cardinals were running this fast-paced offense, and they were moving it, but the Bison did not break at key moments. Sam Herder, a good friend of the show from Hero Sports, had a really good article about this. When plays needed to be made, and it was nut-cutting time, it was North Dakota State making the plays. If you dig deeper into the statistics sheet beyond Cam Miller, one of five throwing. Excuse me, not one of five. It was one of, uh, he had five yards throwing, one of 12 in one of the worst passing performances you'll see from a college quarterback he was one of 12 for five yards he was missing open dudes he ran the ball 18 times for 132 yards in a score he had a ballsy gutsy performance man you can say whatever you want about his throwing and after the game he was very candid about it 
at the post game. He said, I told the coaches on the sideline in the headset because he puts a headset on after offensive drives. And he talks to the, the offensive coaches up in the press box. And he, and he said, I'm, I'm paraphrasing him here, I don't have it thrown it tonight. Something's off. I'm not feeling it. I'm missing the throws. Put it on my legs. Let me run the ball. And the Bison did. And that's when the offense kicked into gear. And the drive of the season was in the second quarter when North Dakota State was trailing 16-3. to And they started giving the ball. They went eight plays. 93 yards, and Miller was a big part of that. Now, that doesn't necessarily show up on the stat sheet, and everyone's talking about, excuse me, you're going to have to bear with me this morning. I was yelling every single play along with the rest of the crowd. My voice voice is on fumes right now, and it's a beautiful thing because we're going to Frisco. You can look at Lindsey Scott and say, yep, he was 30 of 46 for 282 and a touchdown pass. You can say he ran the ball 21 times for net 80 yards. He gained 98, lost 18 because of some sacks. So he had 80 net yards and two touchdowns. He also had two, two huge interceptions that were critical in that ball game. The first one is the one Dawson Weber picked off. Picked off. It was his first pick of the night. That set up NDSU's 90, um, big 93-yard drive late in the second quarter. Eight plays, 93 yards. The Bison took the ball with about seven, eight minutes left. In the second quarter, went down the field, scored with 446 left. Then they forced Incarnate Word into a three and out. They started getting pressure on Scott. Jaden Price has the big punt return, setting up the short field. The Bison get it at the 17-yard line. They score a few plays later. And in the in the snap of your fingers, it went from being 16-3 to three to 17-16. to 16. Incarnate Word had four fumbles. They gave up that huge return on special teams. They muffed that punt earlier in the contest that the Bison... Ah, it was one of those games where it was momentum swings and punch and counter punch and one thing after another. It was If you're a Vikings fan like I am, the Vikings school plays today on these very airwaves, 740 AM, the fan... Maybe no, I think it's on 790. I think it's on the sister station, 790 KFGO. They get the Colts. That Bison game last night was like watching 12 Vikings games at the same time as far as the impact on our hearts and our psyche and just mentally exhausting and physically exhausting. According to my Apple Watch, I put on over five miles last night between jumping at the dome and walking around. And that wasn't from making laps of tailgating. I wasn't at tailgating. But the Bison made the plays. Okay, they get the hold, but they they put points up. Griffin Croza, if it's, if it's not for his field goals, he's got that early field goal, that 27-yarder after the Bison get the ball on Incarnate Words 2, and you have a feeling like, man, that, might, that one might come back to bite us. We get it at the 2, we score the next play, there's a holding, it moves it back, we can't punch it in. You're thinking at that point we have something like negative 9 yards total offense. We hadn't gotten a first down yet, but we're on the board, we're on the board. Later in the contest, after Incarnate Word scores twice in a row, the Bison took a 24-16 lead early in the third quarter on a 49-yard Kobe Johnson run. Incarnate Word answers with a touchdown. The Bison go 3-0. and Incarnate Word answers with a touchdown, and all of a sudden, when the Bison had all the momentum 
in the building. It's 29-24 incarnate word, and the Bison need a score because you can't give the ball back to the word to go up two scores in the fourth quarter. You don't want to be chasing points against those guys and getting it into the kind of track meet that it was against Sac State in the quarterfinals. Last week, the Bison marched down the field. Griffin Croza bangs through a 47-yard field goal, a huge Huge 47-yard field goal. It put the score at 29-27. Incarnate Word answers with their own field goal, but then Kobe Johnson punches in what would be the game winner on his 31-yard run. The Bison did not turn the ball over. Incarnate Word turned it over five times if you count the muff punt. You had the two Dawson Weber interceptions. Incarnate Word had... Four fumbles. They lost two of them. In the Bison defense on fourth down, it might not have felt like it, friends, but the Bison defense was outstanding on fourth down, holding an explosive incarnate word offense to one of four, including early in the game. The Bison are down at that point, it was 14 to zero or maybe 16 to zero. Incarnate word gets the ball around midfield on a fourth and one or fourth and two. The Bison stuff them. Had they picked up that first down and put up another touchdown, who knows how that game goes. In the fourth quarter, Incarnate Word is driving down. The Bison are ahead, 35-32. It looks like the Cardinals are going to put in the go-ahead touchdown. But they get to about our 40, or excuse me, about our 20-yard line. It's fourth and four. The Bison defense again stops them. Then, of course, the last drive of the game, the big interception by Dawson Weber. So the sexy stuff on the stat sheet, who cares? Who cares? Would you, would, or would you be any more happy and excited if the Bison would have won 42-7? to That would have been, been boring. Who needs boring? Why not give us a heart-pounding, heart-stopping thriller, 35-32 in the Blizzard game that will live on for ages in Bison football lore with this team just beat up more guys going down with injuries hopefully some of them will get back for that championship game in frisco in three weeks on january 8th but they just found a way and they fought like hell and that says something about this team in the heart of a champion and that's that's not cliche that's what that was that was the heart of a champion a team refusing to lose refusing to be denied that just found a way and there's something to be said about that There's something to be said about that. Incarnate Word was putting up 53 points per game. They put up 66 last week on a really good Sacramento State team. And the Bison kept them to 32 and only 16 after midway through the first quarter. The Bison defense. I heard it last night, I think, on on um, another airwave in town, a post game over on uh, 1660 driving back talking about how Montana State or South Dakota State will probably be the favorite in the national championship game. Did you not watch the Bison defense? I don't care if they're playing the Jacks or the Bobcats. That Bison defense is going to keep the herd in the game. And you can bet this team, these players, this coaching staff, they're not content just to get to Frisco. They're gunning for a national title and raising a trophy on that stage in North Texas. In a few weeks. They're not just happy to be there. They want to win the whole darn thing. And the offense for as bad as the passing game was. And yes, it was bad. The passing game was not good. 1-12 of 12 for 5 yards is about as abysmal as you can get. They ran the ball 
when Incarnate Word knew every play, especially in that second half, that they'd be running the ball, and they ran it for 328 yards and four touchdowns. The way the Bison play with that defense and rushing attack, they are going to be in the game, whether they're playing Montana State or South Dakota State, and we're going to talk about and preview that next with Brother Swan. Swanee, indeed, joining us. You to got talk it locked in where champions come to talk. Heard it here with Swanee on 740 AM. The fan recap at NDSU's 35-32 to semifinal win to punch their ticket to Frisco, Texas, and the national championship game for the 10th time in 12 years. And that crackling of the throat you heard there right into the microphone would be old Justin Swanson coming to talk about the game. There were so many. Brother Swan, we've been to, we've literally been between us to, to maybe a thousand Bison games over the years in our 40 years of existence. That one was unique from a lot of standpoints, especially getting down like the Bison did against a high powered offense. Lindsey Scott. How many touchdowns do you think he's had this year, including last night? Rushing, passing, total touchdowns, how many? A 40-plus. 71. Yeah. 71 those total are, those touchdowns. Those are Madden numbers. Those are NCAA 14 numbers. If he is not the Walter Payton Award winner that goes to the best player, best offensive player in the FCS. Pack it in. Pat, yeah, Get right. rid of the award. He was, Coach N said in his post game last night that he was the best quarterback that NDSU has faced in a long time. And I, I would say, I would say he's right. The things, the interception at the end, I posted this on Twitter, total team defensive play. He was kind of, he got pressured to his right. He's a, he's a righty. He rolled out to his left. One of our defensive linemen kind of peeled back, gave pursuit, shut down a running lane, jumped up in the air, so Scott had to have that high launch angle. And you don't want to say you feel bad for for somebody. You never want to see someone seize and end and take joy in someone else's misery. I'm glad he threw the interception. But people people are kind of panning Cam Miller. He was 1-12 for five yards. He rushed the ball for 148 total gain, a net of 132. Took care of the football. He took care of the football. He didn't turn it over, and that's what a lot of people weren't talking about last night or this morning, that yards don't beat you. Points do. What was it? What was the difference in the game last night? Turnovers. Turnovers. Yes, thank you. Turnovers was the difference. And the Bison, they didn't turn the ball over at all. Incarnate Word, if you include fourth down, that's a turnover in downs. So I include that. Defenses include that as a turnover. Incarnate Word had seven turnovers, two fumbles, two picks, three turnover on downs, and then if you throw in the muff punt, that's eight. That's eight times the Bison defense or special teams gave the ball back to the offense. And, and as impressive as Scott was, we were kind of talking about this in the text group, I you were left scratching your head the fact that two of his interceptions were basically jump balls. You, you just hand the ball over the defense like that and we'll take it. And I think in the gravity of that situation, and credit to them, and not playing in a semifinal before, and not being in the Fargo Dome, they responded to the environment. That was just a hellacious crowd that's as loud as the Fargo Dome can get with only 12,000 fans. And, you know, Neil Raisler, a good friend of the show, said it in the text group in the first half. He's like, I'm proud to be a part of this crowd tonight. This 12,000 fans, they are amped. This is fun. This is loud. And Carter Word, to their credit, handled it. But that Bison defense to find a way to turn over Scott, as prolific as a player he is. And here's my deal, uh, Josh. I'll tell you this. What so, is your deal? Watching the other quarterfinal last week, Sac State and Incarnate Word. And the tendency is, obviously, we want Incarnate Word to win. Want to host the 
semifinal. But you watch that team and you're thinking, gosh, I don't know if Sacramento State isn't the better matchup here. And for all those fans out there in, in Bozeman and Brookings saying, oh, the Bison, they got no, easier out. They walked it. into it. I challenge either you two to play that offense, yeah. see how you turn out on the other end. Uh, that was no easy challenge. And I think the narrative right now in the FCS is, ah, JMU's gone and Georgia Southern's gone and this team's gone and that team's gone. There's other teams rising up to that level now, and it's going to be interesting to see what a Carnet Word can do. They lost their coach to Texas State. They got a new coach. I think the dude's 29. That's a talent-rich state. They're going to be able to bring in kids through the portal. Watching Carnet Word, that's a program I think that's going to be here at the end every year. If they can find an offense like that, those kind of players that fit in that offense, like they're going to be a threat. Yeah, I don't know that they're going to find a quarterback like Lindsey Scott. Oh, the guy's like, what, 24, 25, 26? Seventh year, he seventh was a seventh year. Seventh year yeah, he started out at Georgia Tech, I believe, and then transferred a couple other places before ultimately landing at Incarnate Word in San Antonio. But to your point, that's actually, we hadn't talked about this prior to the show. I thought the same thing last night and this morning. That it, and not, I'm not knocking Incarnate Word. Sam Houston has gotten to several FCS titles. We've beat them twice in Frisco. They won that wacky spring season. There's no reason they can't be a Sam Houston-esque kind of team from the Southland Conference. They, they're going to run through their league, presumably. It's, what will be interesting to see when you see some of these coaching changes can a, can a program maintain it? Because sometimes they can, sometimes they just and, drop off. And that's off. a great point. And uh, old Jimmy Football brought it up in the postgame show last night, saying that it'll be interesting to see if Carnet Word can keep this up because it's not like – that culture was there. That coach brought the culture in there, and now he's gone. He's going to Texas State. I think they hired an assistant. They did. Uh, but, yeah. So to see, can that assistant keep that culture up, keep building that to get the program in the right direction, and just you know how hard that is. You know, we've seen it across a lot of teams we've played in the championship game. You know, be it a uh, Jacksonville State. Right, be it our friend Illinois uh, State. Illinois State, it's it is so hard. To, it's they say it's harder to stay on top than it is to get on the top, and that's so impressive from what this Bison team has done throughout the years, throughout the coaching changes, throughout the shuffle, the players in and out, the opponents in and out. They have found a way to be there every year. I hope Bison Nation appreciates how mind blowing that is, and just think. What would it be like living in Fargo, North Dakota with this weather if we didn't have something to look forward to, like this Bison football team giving us so much joy over the last decade? Even your friend, uh, Tyler Marion, Marion at SDSU, Marion is either play-by-play guy or color analyst or something. Yeah, radio play-by-play. Yeah, I heard him on one of the stations yesterday talking about, and he wasn't trying to be, be a dink. But he was saying, like, well, if you take out what NDSU's done, SDSU argu- arguably said the best last decade of yeah, FCS. That's, that's like saying, hey, Mrs. Kennedy, <laughs> yeah. if it wasn't for the car ride, Dallas uh, how, how was, was Dallas, good trip. right? Yeah. Uh, other than the, uh, yeah. <laughs> other than that, how was the play, Mr. Lincoln? But I understand what, he, what he's trying to say is SDSU has been so very, very good. I think this is their fourth, fifth, fifth, right? fifth semifinal game in the last seven years or something like that. And Six, I think. Is it, so uh, they've, yeah. they, they've been there a lot. How many times has SDSU Once. been to Frisco in a fall season? None. None. Nunce. Goose egg. Right? And they've been really, really good. And so I think with our fans, I know some of them, uh, I heard some of the call-in show stuff last night, and I've seen social media. I'm like, get over yourselves, guys. We're going to Frisco. 35-32, we found a way. It doesn't matter that he went one of, would you rather have had Cam Miller go 22-25 for 248 yards and four touchdowns and lost the damn thing? Give me, give me one of five in a gritty, gutsy performance. Yeah, it wasn't pretty. Yes, he missed open guys. We're going to Frisco. 
incarnate word for as good as Lindsey Scott is with his 71 touchdowns, he's going to be there in street clothes on the sideline, probably accepting the Walter Payton. Which one Which one do you want, Bison fans? There's going to be a good team in Brookings, South Dakota today, be it South Dakota State or Montana State, neither of which have an FCS loss, that are going to see their season come to an end that will kill to be in Frisco. Bison Nation, enjoy this. Hey, and I challenge you, get down there. Let's go. Let's let's pack that place. Let's let's get this done. Uh, James Holmey, who's a, a former producer for the uh, Ed great Sh- American, great American, former uh, producer on MSNBC with the Ed Schultz Show. Now he's at uh, News America or whatever WGN in Chicago is called now. He texted us. He's in Chicago doing that big national news stuff. What time did he text us last night? About eleven thirty. Eleven thirty. Eleven thirty. Saying, looking forward to seeing the Swanee Bros down in Frisco. So he's he'll be there, and, and I know Bison fans. It'll be a great matchup, whether it's South Dakota State or Montana State. And there's there's the talk the talk out there. The question today, especially one of my favorite things as a Bison fan, beer, is, beer. Well, yes, yeah. yes, I do. I do like a beverage every now and then. Thank you. Is watching that other semifinal game because so often we play these Friday night contests. So the next day. We get to enjoy and bask in the euphoria of winning, not have to worry about the craziness of the game going on at that moment, the other semifinal game. So I'll ask you, Justin, uh, we'll, we'll tee this up for after the break so you can think about it a little bit. The question I've gotten, the question you've gotten, and what Bison fans will be talking about after the game, watching it at Twin Peaks or wherever else they're watching, who do we want to win? Last week as a Bison fan, we wanted Incarnate Woodard to beat Sac State so we'd get the home game. This week... Do we want Montana State to win in Brookings, or do we want the Jacks to set up a rematch down in Frisco for the first time the teams will have ever have played in Frisco? And I kind of I go both ways on it. But what I think I mentioned this earlier before you got on the air, there seems to be this among the fan base. Oh, we're ha- we're kind of it's weird. We're happy to get there. We got past the game. This team's beat to hell. So many injuries, but we're getting there. We're going back to Frisco. It's great. The team, of course, is not going to have that attitude. They're they're playing for the whole shebang. But the the idea that with what NDSU did against a really really good incarnate word team and against a quarterback, the most prolific had, offense in the FCS, in the FCS, and probably the most prolific offense in the FCS in the last I mean, decade. These guys beat Southern Illinois. What seventy sixty nine? They put sixty nine twenty four. That's a dang good Southern Illinois team. That's a good Southern Illinois team, absolutely. And 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 somehow I think there's an element of this fan base that's writing off NDSU, saying, "Oh, we're going to be dogs. We're going to be dogs no matter who we play in Frisco." Did you see the Bison defense create all those turnovers against Lindsey Scott? Did you see the dude that had 71 touchdowns on the year wilt from the pressure of Code Green at the end? Did you see the way everyone in that building knew North Dakota State was running the ball the second half because they couldn't throw? And yet they still put up almost 350 on the ground and four touchdowns with that defense in the running game? You know what kind of game it's going to be in Frisco? It's going to be like a 2017 kind of contest. Yeah. And the hardest thing to do... I hope our fans recognize this as a defense, is play against Temple when the offense goes no huddle, play after play after play, because if they're not subbing out and they're going Temple, you can't sub out. Well, especially when the Bison are going three and out early in the game. So Exactly. So the guys you have on the field to start that series, that's who's in. You can't switch personnel. You, Whether it's a one-linebacker or two-linebacker, that's who you're riding with when you're playing against Temple. So regardless if it's Montana State 
or South Dakota State, it's a better matchup for NDSU because you're not going against tempo. Yeah, they're not going to be. Last night, Incarnate Word running 90 plays. SDSU Montana State are not running 90 plays. That's not their style. If they're running 90 plays, we're in a lot of trouble. And our our defense, our, our defense, hats off to them. I'm just so proud of this defense. We'll talk more about that matchup and more about the big the big moments last night and those big momentum swings because, man, it was – I feel like I got hit by a bus today, and it's not from a hangover. I had like two Konas at the game, and that's it. Didn't do any tailgating, but just the <laughs> – I'm, I'm in a glass cage of emotion. Coming up next on Herd It – here with the Swannies. Right now on ESPN Sports Center Live, they've got highlights of the NDSU Incarnate Word game right on that TV behind you there, Justin. See it on the wall? They just showed that big fumble on the fourth and three after an Incarnate Word touchdown was taken off the board because a receiver was out of or didn't control it before he went out of bounds. And the Bison start to come back, and then we just have one punch after another. The two teams going. Back and forth and back and forth. What a, what an amazing contest with so many big plays, and that that for Incarnate Word to do that, you know, credit to them, credit to them. Right, the thing that was also real impressive to me when the Bison took an eight point lead to go up twenty four sixteen. I think everyone in that building thought, yeah, oh, this one's over. We're rolling, yeah. we're rolling. But then Incarnate Word marched down and evened it up. They had there was a big third and eight. So after NDSU had the touchdown on Colby's run to go up twenty four sixteen. It's about 12 minutes in the third. Carnet Words facing like a third and eight, third and nine from around, from uh, I think about their own 42-yard line. And they do that little jet sweep little jet type sweep, thing. Yeah. Yes, and they cracked it for like 20. The Bison ah, hung we on. right there. We just missed the tackle too. Just, yeah, so many times last night. And they had some elusive. I'll tell you what, as far as skill kids go, that was probably the best. You talk about the recruiting hotbed in Texas. And yeah, there's there's like, what, 19 FBS schools in Texas. Uh, I think it's just 19, maybe 19 FBS plus FCS. 19 Division One. that's what it is. There's like 19 Division One schools in Texas. There's there's a, a boatload of them. Those might have been the best skill kids we've seen in, in I I mean, I, Arizona had a bunch of good skill kids. I think I think Incarnate Word skill kids are better than Arizona. They, they lived up to the hype, and oftentimes I think we get to the semifinal game, and whether it was Sam Houston a couple of years ago, was it Briscoe, and they had the... Flanders and some of these receivers, quarterbacks, and you just think of the teams we've seen over the years in the semis where their kids haven't lived up to the hype. They've wilted under that pressure, and you know, not this team. It was impressive, and I give them credit. Uh, where I thought um, we'd have an advantage was up front on both lines, and their offensive line uh, gave their quarterback time. They did a nice job, and that defensive line, I, mean, I thought they had three guys up front that looked like Those if they walked to our seats, they'd be winded. Yeah. Those dudes, to their credit, they they stuck on the field and they they found a way to play four quarters and almost pull off a upset. So credit the incarnate word. Nine nine degrees is a game time temp. Oh. Three, three o'clock kick this afternoon. Montana State at South Dakota State. Nine degrees game time kickoff. Right now it's thirteen below with wind chill in Brookings. That's going to be a cold one. You'd mentioned it off air during the break. Games like that, you see, guys, it's it's a lot easier to get injured and banged up when it's that cold. Um, it's a, you know, the turf's a little bit harder. You, the muscle, the body trying to stay warm, taking those Trying hits, to stay loose. You know, you wonder how whatever team you wins comes out of that game. And, you know, the game plan down there, I'm not sure what wind is. Um, uh, it'd be interesting to see if it limits the passing game at all for either teams, but it's both teams have a pretty explosive run game. It could be a, a slobber knocker, a three-and-out punt fest. We'll see a... Uh, 13 to 10 type game what do you think yeah I, well yeah I'm, I'm thinking it's gonna be probably in that 20 
27-24 kind of range. I think the teams are going to feel each other out early. I think at halftime it's probably a, a 10-7, 14-7 kind of contest, 14-10. What will be interesting as well, you know, you talk about staying loose, staying warm, kicking the ball. They had uh, McAfee on game day, one of the uh, latter. They were there somewhere or just uh, Montana State. They are there for the Brawl of the Wild. And McAfee had a really good segment on kicking the ball when it gets that cold and all the air compresses, comes off your foot. That'll be interesting to see because the game – that game last night didn't come down to field goals, but but for Griffin Krosa banging through those two big ones, especially that 47-yarder, he hit. NDSU needed a score. We just went down by by four or five, whatever it was. We needed a score after they scored two back-to-back on us to make it. It was 29-24 at that point. Krosa banks through a 47-yarder. That was a huge that was a huge field goal. And in games like that, they, they don't jump out like maybe the big interception does that Weber had, maybe some of those big touchdowns. That was critical in the game that Krosa had those two field goals. It's, that was that was a difference. It's momentum, it's points, it's keeping you in there. And <laughs> Phil Hansen has seen a lot of football. Phil Hansen's played a lot of football. In the postgame, Phil said, you know, you can have kickers that bang five kicks through a game, whatever, when the pressure isn't on, whatever, toss that aside. When you know you have a championship guy is when he makes the kick that counts. It might only be one kick a game, might be two kicks a game. But when he has an opportunity and his team needs him the most, he bangs it through. And that's Krosa. And that's a, a huge part of why the Bison took home the victory. And going to Brookings today, that's an area to be interesting to watch. And their kickers, the they kickers struggled, struggled a little yes, bit on special yep, teams this yep. year. Not only uh, punt return game, the, the punt game, the kicking game. Montana State's among the leaders in the FCS in and those special categories. Teams. That was, that's what your boy Merriam was saying. Or Mary, Marion or Merriam? Uh, who cares? <laughs> Merriam, Tyler. <laughs> that's what he was saying on, on air yesterday was that special teams, and he's, he's a jackrabbit. Hole. Brookings is full of homers. Those guys drink the blue and yellow juice. But and he's he's been doing their uh, stuff they, for they years. They eat the Taco Bell. They eat the ta- and I'm a homer too for Indy issue. But his his point was very well taken. Special teams could decide that contest, and that very decisively, at least heading into the contest, favors the Bobcats. Well, look at the game last night. The 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 miscue the Bison had inside the two yard line uh, and directly led to a safety. Two points for Incarnate Word. And then we go back, punt to them. They're up sixteen to nothing, and they muff it. And they muff it field position so you got to take care of the football in conditions like today and it's going to happen you're going to see a returner that that struggles with the ball maybe gets punched out maybe they fumbled it and but what team can have the cleanest game on special teams that's probably the team that's going to win the game what did you think let's talk about some of that the the latter sequence of the game so incarnate word scores to go up 29 24 with 259 left in the third the bison drive down they go nine plays 37 yards they have to settle, and that that was a drive I believe that was set up by Incarnate Word kicking it out of bounds after their second yeah. touchdown. They kicked it out of bounds. We got the ball at uh, at our own thirty five, good field position. Croza bangs through the forty seven yarder to make it twenty nine twenty seven with thirteen oh three left in the contest. Incarnate Word goes down. They answer with a field goal. The buys in the next drive, three plays. They get stuffed for no gain on a cam run first down. Then Cam rips off like a forty some yard, a thirty. Four-yard run, and then the following play, Kobe has a 31-yarder for a touchdown. Kobe Johnson, last night after the game, you and I were talking, or we were listening to post-game, 15 attempts for a buck 36, three touchdowns. And I said, my goodness, that was the most quiet three rushing touchdowns in a long time. Kobe in the playoffs is putting up almost 140 yards per game on the ground. But I want to get back to something you had talked about with the special team stuff and decision-making. So Incarnate Word drives down. The Bison go up. 35, 32, eight minutes left in the contest. It's fourth and four around there, around NDSU's. They got the ball just on the brink of the red zone. 
And you're saying, as if watch 50, watch 50. He's going to kick the field goal. He's going to kick the field goal. I'm like, no, dude, they're going. There it's fourth and four. They're going. Do you agree with that call and Carnet Word going for it? They could have tied it up with the field goal with, with three, and, three and some change left or whatever it was. Instead, they go for it. Cold Green comes up with another big fourth down stop. Yeah, in hindsight, you know, you wonder if he sends a kicker out there to tie the game and puts the pressure on the hurt a little bit. And in a game like that, you know, as a coach, you, you make the best decision in the moment. You think for your team, for him, that was going for it. And they get that first down, they punch it in, it's a different ball game. So I, I respect that well, decision. That's that's and I, I do too. I, I think in in that point in the contest, it's tough to because if it works, he's brilliant. If they yeah. get the fourth and four, they score a touchdown. Then then they it's, have momentum back. Right, they're at the NDSU twenty two. At that point, they're down three. I'm I'm thinking my and that was with just over five minutes left in the game, not three. There was five eleven left in the contest. I'm thinking what their coach was thinking. He's going to get the ball back. That, that, that one one they'll 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 probably get the ball back, but two. If we just tie it, if we kick the field goal and it's 35-35, the way North Dakota State They're is gonna running, the, running the ball, the running the ball that we might not get the ball back, they're just going to drive down the field and we're not going to see it. So we got to go for it. So I don't, I don't have any problems with that call at all. Um, and NDSU came up with a stop, and they came up with a stop, and the special teams won the special teams battle. They won the special teams battle, didn't have any turnovers. So there are a lot of things that get kind of lost when you look at the stat sheet and see how badly NDSU got gained on the yardage. But that Ben Ben don't break, and especially with so many guys, that's another thing. NDSU is literally, literally playing without three All-Americans. Three All-Americans in Hunter Lipke, in Noah Gindorf, and in Mostart, who's been out all year. Those guys were all preseason All-Americans. Two starters on the offensive line. Two starters on the offensive line in Miller and Sundell. Then you've got, you've got Tameric Williams goes down. You've got Roger, Roger Nelson. Nelson goes got, down. I'm not going to mention their names. The the kids that hit the transfer portal and left the team in a bind going into the playoffs. So the deck was stacked against this team. And that next man up mentality, there is not another team in the FCS. There's not a lot of teams on an 85 scholarship FBS team that could see the type of just uh, injuries the Bison have this year and keep moving forward, be sitting at 12-2 and right now with the chance to win a 10th national championship in the last 11 fall seasons. Yeah, and I think I think that's where Matt Anson, his coaching staff, they don't get the credit that they should for developing that depth. Because what you're right, no other team, no other team in the FCS could weather the bevy of injuries that the Bison have and still be playing for a national championship. And that part of it's that next man up mentality that's that's been ingrained for for decades now for North Dakota State. But Matt Anson, his coaching staff, still has to get guys ready. They got they got to get Jackson Dutenefer ready. They got to get Cody. Houston ready, right? All these guys, these young guys that are playing, they've got to get them ready to play. And those, and those guys single, all stepped up. Every single rep in the playoffs is meaningful. They're all meaningful reps. So whether you're a freshman, you're getting there for three, four snaps, you're a kid that's stepping up, and maybe you're a backup on special teams, and now you're a gunner, and now you're playing. It's you Think back, old, uh, remember Jimmy Kapouris, the receiver? Oh, think yeah. of some of the catches he had in the playoffs. It's They always say, what, you remember December? And just those unsung heroes, those guys that stick around for four to five years and give you those meaningful reps. That's why this program, it's we can talk all day long about these standouts, these studs like Trey Lance and Carson Wentz and Easton Stick and Bruce Anderson and Nick DeLuca and the list goes on and on. And you need those type of players to win championships. 
Levi Jordheims. The Jordheims. The kids. MJ Stone. The Matt Planks. The kids that stick around the Jack program. Plankers. Get their opportunity. Make the most of Costner it. Costner Ching. That's why this program is the best college football program. Cody Morlock. In the country at any level. Bison Nation. And appreciate that. Because you have good teams all across the country. You well, gotta, like you said earlier, South Dakota State and Montana State. Undefeated in the FCS this year. Both Darn good football teams. One of them is going home today. And each have seen Frisco once in the last decade. Think about how hard it is just to get there. And this is NDSU's 10th trip in the last 11 fall seasons. It's it's remarkable. It's remarkable for this coaching staff to to kind of take the, the chip that they have on their shoulder. Because I think a lot of folks counted them out after they lost to Arizona, after they lost to South Dakota State, two losses by a combined five points. After they were down 10 to Indiana State down the road. You know, it's like style points don't count. Let me ask you this. And you're bison nuts, so you might know the answer. Who turned the ball over against Georgia Southern in 2012? Right? Who yeah. who, who, who turned the ball over against James Madison in, in last year's semifinal? We, you don't remember those things. A year later, two years later, ten years later, you remember one stat, and that's the fact we got the W. Big time. Big time. And that's... To, to get to that point, when you've got all those injuries and all those guys down and everyone caught you out, how many times did you hear from national FCX, FCS experts? Oh, Jay Walker. What a, what a clown. What a clown. And I wouldn't even put him in that category. And guys like Craig Haley and Sam Herter have been pretty good about Because to their point, is NDSU's always there. And unless someone beats them, they just find a way to do it. And, and Sam's been really on top of that. But to to do it with so many injuries, it's just so, so impressive because you've got guys on – it's not just one part where it's, okay, we're really injured on offense or we're really injured on defense. All across the board at key positions, you got guys going down and backups coming in, and they're playing at a really, really high level. And I don't know – I don't think they're getting the credit they deserve for that because it is so hard to win a national semifinal game. It is so hard to get to Frisco. It's even harder to win a national championship and to have the buy-in. That's why I would not pick against the Bison. I'm a homer, but this team, you could talk about, like, well, in South Dakota State, well, it's just they just have this feeling. It's just their year. They've got this feeling that, that destiny's aligned and all this other stuff. That Bison locker room, that culture, that team is unified. They are ready to go. They are on a mission, and they're they're playing upset. They're playing Angry, motivated football. Yeah, you said it earlier in the show. Uh, Coach N said last night in the postgame presser, this team's pissed off. And if you're South Dakota State, if you're Montana State, no disrespect to your programs. John Stegemeyer, Brent Began have done fantastic jobs. But if you're those teams, I got two words for you. Prove it. Prove it, baby. This Bison team has proved it. So what? whoever, which one of you, whichever one of you we see in Frisco, the Bison ain't going to be an easy out. You I want some? You, you want it's some? It's going to be a four-quarter game. It's like my boy, Rocky Balboa. He'll sit there and take every punch you got. He's still standing at the end now. Oh, Rocky might have had a little brain damage. That's conversation for another day. But oh, Rocky took every punch and he kept getting up. And that's this Bison team. You want to punch us? Go ahead. Because to beat us, you're literally going to have to kill us. Yeah. Yeah, the last, and that's, I. it's funny you say that because I was thinking that last night. I almost tweeted it like the Rocky Four thing where Rocky, where the, Ivan Drago, the Russian, just beating the hell out of him. And that look on his face like, you're still not done, buddy. And you're that's kind of, that's kind of what the game felt like yesterday. The Bison just would not go away and kept on fighting. When we come back, wrapping up here on Herd It Here with Swanee with Brother Swan, brought to you by Peterman Sees Holly and Smith Motors of Wapiton. We'll talk about who we would like to see. And this this isn't, uh, this is just our personal opinion. Yeah, it's one of my favorite you, Christmas songs. Like to see the Bison playing Christmas in a few I weeks. Think it's a metaphor Coming up next, for we're champions Santa come fighting to talk. through adversity for him and his elves and Rudolph and Dancer and Prancer. 
to thunderstruck the world with Christmas joy and then go find some dancers in Texas. Uh, so we, we uh, Mav loves, I, I love Christmas. And, uh, you know, we started listening to Christmas music before Thanksgiving at our house. And uh, he loves the Christmas shows like Paw Patrol, Blaze, Mickey, Minnie Mouse, any Christmas show. So we've been watching some of the older ones like Rudolph and uh, the Claymation. There, there's some, there's some lives kind of, as the snowman. There's some kind of dark stuff in there. Like I forgot the abominable snowman. Like his thing is eating yeah, reindeers. Guy had some emotional issues. We just yeah, right? we don't get Dude. enough attention to Man, that. Mav's like, why is he eating the reindeers? I'm like, he's not eating with them, buddy. He's just playing with them. He's gonna spit them out. Well, they'll sew them back together. Reindeers get chopped in half all the time. Uh, great, great listener out there, Patrick Thiel, texting. We haven't talked about this. Nobody has, so credit to Pat. I'm not going to steal this nugget. MVP, unsung MVP of the game, Caden Steindorf, Bison, punter. Four punts inside the 20. Four punts inside the 20, making it hard for Incarnate Word to drive. And two of those inside Incarnate Word's two-yard line, three punts of 50 or more yards. Field position. It flipped the game. You do that in games like that, you win. The, 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 at the end, the Bison couldn't convert to keep a drive going. They punted. Incarnate Word had to start at like their own two-yard line. They had to go 98 yards in two, what, two and a half minutes with, yeah. no, with no timeouts. With no timeouts. So you can, you can give up the five-yard plays and let them do that. But the, with the Bison defense, the way they were playing, the worst that was probably going to happen there is that they were going to get maybe a field goal attempt. Maybe a field goal or a Hail Mary attempt. Yeah. But that team wasn't going 95-plus 90, yards and two-plus, two two-and-change two against the Bison. So Caden Steindorf on special teams, nobody's talking about MVP. him. MVP. I, I hope that his bar tab at Chubbs is being paid by somebody else this weekend. Golden he, boot He award. deserves it. Wade, Wade at Chubbs. Caden Steindorf deserves it. Brent Tavine at Herdhorns. Caden Steindorf deserves it. Justin, matchups. South Dakota State, Montana State, 3 o'clock kick. ESPN, is there one? Not uh, first, not one that you think is a better matchup for the Bison, but just one maybe you think would be, uh, well, who do you want to see the Bison play in Frisco? Yeah, you know, honestly, at this point, um, I'm a Bison fan, so from a recruiting standpoint, recruit against SDSU. If they can make it to Frisco, that's more arrows in their quiver. So, you know, instinctually, even though I work there, it's the game happens. It gets to, you know, it used to work crunch South time. State, so you know the athletic so, director, yeah, Justin Sell. Great people down there. And uh, my old boss at SDSU, the deputy AD, Leon Costello, is the AD at Montana State. Another now. good dude. Another, another really guy. good dude, yeah. But, you, you know, I, when it gets into crunch time, you, you, you probably instinct says, yeah, Montana State. Um, but I, what I'm going to look for today is the quarterback situation. Montana State has two. They have Tommy Malott. He's their starter. But they also have Sean Chambers, a transfer for Wyoming. Started 11 games there last year. They platoon these guys in and out. Chambers can run as well. So if you get a guy dinged up a and little bit, Malott goes down, yep. needs a spell. Yep. Chambers can play. South Dakota State. Grunowski's down there in goes trouble. down. That's it. Yeah. Yeah, and he wasn't. They didn't look particularly sharp against Holy Cross. I know it was forty-two twenty-one. Quarterback Hol- at two hundred eight yards rushing. Holy Cross had the ball fourteen to fifteen minutes in the third. Was driving down for a go-ahead touchdown that would have put him up twenty-eight twenty-one. They had that bad pick six before the end of the first half. So SDSU had some garbage time touchdowns. The way their quarterback Schooler or Suckler, whatever his name was, ran the ball for like darn near two hundred yards. I think that gives Montana State with their QB run game an edge. But SDSU so well coached, it will yeah. surprise me if they let the quarterback run game. Beat them. I think Afonze, the Montana State running back, might have a big day. Yeah, I think he's fresh. He's only ran the ball 21 times this year. I think just came back for the playoffs. And it's going to come down to 
Uh, right, it's cliche, but quarterback plays. Turnover special same thing, same thing last night. Turnover last special night. teams. That'll do. Yep. If you're asking me to pick a score right now, I think Montana State is so hot. I think playing at home in an environment where there's going to be very few fans take away the home field advantage. You know, I'm going to say Bobcats by six. What? We're like 27, 21. I think it's a low score. 24, 18. Yeah, with that weather, with weather like that, you typically don't see. Uh, 42 to 35 kind of game. But Bides a Nation, enjoy the W's. Justin, closing words, we're under a minute. Enjoy it, Bides a Nation. This is so rare. It might seem normal. It's so rare. Enjoy it. Have a Merry Christmas. Uh, drink some eggnog. Hug the Yule log. Give Santa some milk and cookies. Uh, spay and neuter yeah, your pets. Absolutely. want to thank Josh Linus for keeping the trains on the track this morning in Twin Peaks. Peterman sees a Holly and Smith Motors of Wapiton. Stay tuned for Around the Rink with Travis Duntock and Fighting Hawks Hockey for Justin Swanson. I'm Josh Swanson reminding you that the strength of the herd is the bison and the strength of the bison is the herd. Ho, ho, ho.